2: Hey, everybody, welcome. Hey, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. Hey, thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. It is so good. It is so good to be connecting with all of you. And uh, yeah, as we said before, if you ever want to get a hold of us, there are plenty of ways to do it. If you go to the Dr. Pat Show, we have just contact. You can send us an email. Uh, We also have a phone number there. Or if you go to Transformation Talk Radio, you could go ahead and do that as well. Well, you know, it's so great to be able to chat with folks here, there, and everywhere. And, of course, let's say hello to Mr. Benny. What up, Pat? How's it going? Pretty good. Excellent. Pretty good. I heard a little rumor. What's the rumor? I heard the rumor. Now, I don't know if this is the rumor, but I heard like a rumor like American Idol is not over.
1: You know more uh, than me that about they're that show. going to do a, a reboot. <laughs> oh, I'm, I wouldn't doubt it. Probably. And
2: Christina Aguilera is going to be part of the rebooting.
1: Well, <laughs> top of your game there. Top of your, your alleyway.
2: Oh, boy. You're but loving isn't it. That Isn't that me, though, right there with all of that pop culture stuff? Well, you know, I'm a human being, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Last time I checked.
2: Last time I checked. Yeah. There's actually no mystery to that. I mean, there's, you know, it's pretty much, if you look at me, I'm pretty much an open book. Uh, But, you know, there is a mystery. And there's actually a book. Uh, For many of you, you've just heard a conversation with Paul Selleck, and he is the author of I Am the Word. But now what I've got in front of me is the Book of Mastery. It is part of the Mastery Trilogy book one. I love trilogies. I just do. And as a matter of fact, I, you know, I hope in this trilogy, if they ever make a movie out of it, they don't split up the third book into two movies. So that's really for me. The, the evolution of my consciousness has to do today with what we're going to do with American Idol and what we're going to do with shows. But here we go. You know, what is it that we all get to explore What is it that takes us on a journey? And what is it about mastery that is the mystery? And so if mastery wasn't the mystery, then how would each and every one of us be different? You know, today I get to talk with Paul about the book of mastery, and it is book one. And, you know, for many of us, what is it about the number three that we all love? But beyond all of that, are we ready for it? Are we ready for this? And this is part of the conversation that I'm thrilled that we're going to have with him, as well as opening up these phone lines and having a great, great time. But for the most part, you know, in our lives, what is it about our spiritual journeys that we're either awake for or perhaps not so much? You know, and what is it about, you know, us peeps that were born in New York City? There's something about the cement in the city which brings stuff out in us you know he's joining me here today one of the most foremost spiritual channels channeling you gotta love it and the author of many many bodies of work uh, but most importantly he's got a mission a mission been on radio shows been on television been doing things that a lot of people sit and think about oh I think I'm going to go out in the world and do that. But today we get to talk about this book and we get to talk about what this comes to, to mean for each of us. So get ready, fasten your seatbelts, write down this phone number 1-800-930-2819. And let's get the shoe started. Paul, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Well, it's good to have you here. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, a question about your own journey in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the challenges? What are some of the obstacles that you've had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well,
0: I mean, there's, you know, life. I think probably the same obstacles everybody else faces in their own lives. Mine were just coming through a bit of a different filter because what I do is is sort of considered a little out of the ordinary. But, you know, I had to learn to begin to trust what was happening to me in my own experience, and I needed a lot of evidence for it to be provable for me and trustworthy for me, which was one of the reasons I was able to continue. Um, I had to move past the fear of being judged for sort of aligning to this kind of work, which was work that I was raised to be skeptical about. I was raised pretty much an atheist, so channeling, you know, what the hell was that? And, you know, then I had to to work with my own resistance again towards allowing myself to be visible with all of my unknowing of what this stuff really was. I mean, I'm a channel, and in a lot of ways I'm a radio, and my guides work through me. And they teach through me, and I'm not always the best student of the work, but I show up and have been showing up for this stuff pretty consistently for for quite a number of years now. So, you know, I've I've learned to trust it, but I've had to meet my own resistance every step of the way, and I, I don't know if that will ever fully stop, but it's part of the journey for me.
2: Yeah. I mean, do you think that, you know, we're, we're, we've we're got a lot of conversation going on right now mm-hmm. about uh, the degree uh, to which people are rising up in their terms of mm-hmm. consciousness, awareness, yeah. and openness. What has mm-hmm. been your experience? How have we changed, you know, as human beings? Are we more open today? Are we? Do we have a desire to be more open?
0: Well, I mean, I think the fact that you and I are having this conversation at all is sort of testament to... <laughs> To, to what's happened in, in the culture and on the climate, you know. I am a guy that was a college teacher for twenty five years, you okay. know, that was doing this stuff very, very quietly and now I'm I'm very visible in public with it and, and continuing to show up for it. But I'm part of the reason I'm doing that is because the conversation about consciousness is inclusive of this stuff. You know, I mean it's less lunatic fringe, I think, even than it would have been considered, you know, five, ten years ago. You know, I have a practice and my my practice are, you know, doctors and lawyers as much as anything else, you know. <laughs> I mean these are the people that are coming to talk and are also sharing their own experiences about opening up and and consciousness and, and, and their own psychic awakening. So I think that everybody is waking up now. I think it's happening in different ways. I think that there's a fair amount of resistance to it that's also playing out. But I think that, you know, the, the tide in some ways has lifted. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not so much that it's changed, it's lifted. So the possibility of this stuff, I think, has, is apparent, and I think we can talk about it.
2: Yeah, and, you know, what's interesting is I hid in corporate America. That's mm-hmm. where I was hiding, you yeah. know, because you could hide there pretty good right i mean and and, yeah and you can you can literally do things and or you know have a job and you know do those kinds of things and uh and then at some point something happens and um i I wanted to ask you what that was Mm -hmm. for me something happened in 1990 and you know i really did paul i mean it was like i'm in new jersey i've got a corporate Mm -hmm. job i'm literally You know, I'm literally a few years away from a full pension because I started, Mm -hmm. like, when I was a baby. But (laughs) here I am. All of a sudden, I wake up one day, and I look in the mirror. It was in 1990, and I remember this, Sinead O'Connor. And I decide, oh, I I can't do this anymore. This Mm -hmm. is, like, ridiculous. What am I doing? And, you know, I want to talk with you about that. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. hearing more and more people kind of have something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I did you know my version was different. It was nineteen eighty seven yeah, I was a year out of graduate school at Yale. I was mm-hmm. succeeding in the profession that I had studied for mm-hmm. and thought I had wanted to do, and I was um living a lifestyle that was fairly self destructive, although I wouldn't have noticed it at the time, um, but I had a list of things that I had to have achieved that I thought would make me okay in the world. I got the whole list. I knew I wasn't okay. And then I begin to seek something more, and really not out of any desire for a spiritual life, but really out of sheer necessity. And you know, I actually heard a voice telling me to get my act together, which I was the first voice I ever heard. And now I'm, you know, I'm I'm, in, I'm known as, as a clear audience, so I hear for other people. That's my practice, and my channel, I'm hearing my guides for other people and for the books. But anyway it was a radical change for me to go from a world where there was no such thing as god to one where perhaps there was and then i was given a kind of i was given an experience of sorts that helped me trust that and that you know enabled me to continue on the path that i'm on now but yeah it was a real <laughs> real crossroads no question
2: It was. And what I love about this is, you know, and I I mean, when we think about this, I live in the Pacific Northwest now because that was part of the deal right there Mm -hmm. for me. You know, Mm -hmm. part of it was waking up one day, walk, and literally I I reported to the president. So you talk about Mm -hmm. this somewhat in the book. And I walk into, and I said, I'm not doing this job anymore. You want me to fire somebody that has 29 years, 11 months of service in a downsizing program that I'm supposed to do. And I said, I can't do that. If I do that, Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to hell. And my boss, my boss just looked at me and said, listen, are you on drugs or something? And and I think that you know what you're talking about is something happens, I think, to us where we get tapped on a shoulder to get to the next level, Mm -hmm. the next level of mastery. Mm -hmm. And when we come back from break, I would like to talk with you about that because there are many ways that it does happen. You know, for those of you listening, uh, Paul Selig joining me here today, the book of mastery, you know, it's book one, a channeled text. When we come back, We're going to talk about what does it mean to be the author of a channel text and how does that reflect how we're seeing others show up in the world as well. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back.
1: Discover the eight things the Elements of Prosperity want you to know. Lynn Brown is hosting a life-transforming, soul-expanding evening on April 30th featuring guest speaker and radio host Dr. Pat Basile. Lynn was guided to make this a by-donation event for entrance, and all proceeds will be donated towards uplifting the homeless community. For more information and to get tickets, visit eventbrite.com. That's eventbrite.com and type Lynn Brown in the search.
2: Hey everybody, this is Dr. Pat. Many of you have heard me talk about the Lyme disease epidemic going on right now in the world. I wanna tell you about my friends at Results RNA. They have now created an entire Lyme support system for immune system support, detoxification, rejuvenation, and neurological healing. Please visit ResultsRNA.com to learn more and for first time orders, you'll receive a special 10% discount. All you have to do is type in Dr. Pat at checkout.
1: Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer radio show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basilli every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. It is so great to have Paul joining me here today. As I said before, the book is called The Ma- uh, the Book of Mastery, and we're going to be talking about the book. You know, the book to me is like a journey, but part of the journey, there gets to be revelations. And we're going to be talking with Paul about the revelations. But before we do, Paul, a couple of things I want to say is that... Um, um, there's lots of information that people can find about you. Congratulations on the book. Uh, Thank What you. is the best way? Should we send folks to your website right now? The book is there and everything else?
0: Yeah, everything's available on the website. I mean, the links to the, to the major booksellers are there on the website, But um, so I don't, we don't take the orders for the books ourselves. But we'll send you to where you can get them. But, yeah, it's just my name, which is paulselig.com, P-A-U-L-S-E-L-I-G.com.
2: Um, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I love this, what it says. It says, you had this experience in 87 and it left you clairvoyant. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk with you about that because there might mm-hmm. be people, there might be a few listening to the show right here that may not understand what it means to mm-hmm. be a channel text. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and, and I would love to talk with you about that experience mm-hmm. of how this got to be a channel text yeah. and, and what this has come to mean for you in writing the book.
0: Well, you know, the first thing to understand is that I don't write the books. Right. My name's on the cover. The books are actually dictated through me by these guides who work with me, so I'm literally sitting in a chair with my eyes closed, talking the entire book. Um, Much of the books have been done on the phone with a woman in Berkeley, California listening, but the recordings are then transcribed. The Book of Mastery was done that way and also done in live streams. And I just finished dictating a fifth book called The Book of Truth, and at least 120 pages of those were dictated before live audiences, either students at the Esalen Institute where I was teaching or in live streams. So the process of channeling a book for me is sitting down, closing my eyes, turning the recorders on so nothing gets lost, and then dictating. And the books themselves are just the unedited transcripts of those sessions. So they're not refinished. They're not prettied up. They're really not edited at all. The only things that are ever edited are, you know, my complaining to, to Vicki on the phone saying, oh, my God, I don't think I can do this today. I'm in a terrible mood. And then the guides come through with their teaching, and that's the book.
2: <laughs> you know, it's interesting because... Um... I'm a kid that stuttered through most of my teenage mm-hmm. years. Yeah. The fact that I'm sitting here talking to you, I don't even mm-hmm. understand how that works. Understood. Uh, yeah. So yeah. what is it about your life, and what is it about this mm-hmm. book in particular that gives you, wait a minute, i got to pinch myself to make sure I'm not dreaming moment?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I feel like, at least in my case, I started to open up psychically in my mid-20s, and it was a process for me. I studied a form of energy healing in my early 30s, which really catalyzed that. And then I began to really open up as a clairaudient and physical empath or, or as clear sentient. And I was doing a group in my apartment very quietly for many years. You know, I was a college teacher. I had a whole other life that I was sort of trying to protect, so I wasn't seeking visibility. But the abilities that I had uh, that were intrinsic to me, I had been a playwright. So the idea of hearing voices or characters talking to you, in, in a weird way, wasn't so extreme. And I used to induce trance when I worked without knowing that I was doing that. I used to put the same piece of music on repeat for hours and sort of drift off. It became a noise that would sort of capture my conscious brain, and then my my unconscious would come through. I was also a classroom teacher for a long time, and I found that maybe, God, 10, 15 years ago, I felt compelled not to work with notes anymore. So the idea of just speaking without structure um, became something joyful for me. And in retrospect, all of these things were sort of in preparation for the work that I now do. But I wouldn't have known it then because I was somebody that didn't even really put a lot of emphasis on channeling. I thought it was kind of loony. (laughs) You know. But what happens when I work is beyond me. I close my eyes, I imagine myself climbing into the back seat of a car and turning the wheel over to the consciousness that's coming through. And I hear one phrase, literally just one phrase of, of, of language repeated Like, for example, they need to understand, they need to understand, I'll hear it again and again and again until I give it voice. The moment I speak it, the whole rest of a lecture or chapter or book just comes tumbling out with no pause a mile a minute sometimes, you know, and I've gotten used to this occurrence. So for me at this point, it's, 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 it's not even an, an aha moment or, oh, my God, is this real? It's become strangely commonplace. I mean, my life right now is about showing up to speak before people without any idea of what's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and none, zero. You know, and sometimes for five days in a five-day seminar, five hours a day, you know, and that's for the last one I did at Esalen, that's where they dictated 100 pages in front of these folks. Uh. They did a whole chunk of their book, you know, in front of an audience, which was extraordinary for me. It was exhausting, but, you know, I'm thrilled for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the things I love about this is that, you know, there are so many things that are mentioned in the book that I I don't know if there is really anybody listening to this show uh, that would pick this book up and not be able to relate to it, at least relate to a large part of it. I totally grabbed on to, you know, something right in the beginning I wanted to ask you about, uh, and that is the conversation you were having where uh you're, you are, you were asking, you know what is the work? what is the mm-hmm. work?" And I so yeah. related to that, sometimes we ask, like, "What is the work?" And the answer um, was fascinating, not the fact that the answer was, you know the work is mastery, but the definition of it, and I would love for you to share that with our listeners.
0: I don't even remember what the definition was. I'll tell that gave. you.
2: Here it is. The work is mastery, and this is the text of mastery. And what mastery mm-hmm. means is that you can no longer blame another for your own lives, for mm-hmm. your own dilemmas, for your own physical self, for your own creations. It means it means you claim purview of every every avenue yeah. of your life, and you walk the boulevard that mm-hmm. is before you as the divine one you are. That's what I... I got that thing, that's pulled it. that thing right out of there, Paul.
0: Well, that's the quote. I mean, you know, there's another one in the book where yeah. they say that to be a master is is the ability to transform the material plane. Uh-huh. So they're just really getting into that in the, in the newer books. I mean, that's <laughs> really a trip. But no, the idea of, of being a master and not being able to be a victim is enormously liberating for me and challenging because it's much easier to sort of blame everybody else, you know, than realize that I am a creator of my life. And I don't mean that in a sort of a mushy new age way. The guides actually say that we're actually in vibrational accord with everything we see. Everything. On the other side of the world, if you can see it, your consciousness is informing it. You're in vibrational accord. It could not exist without you. And they're really talking at this point about collective agreements and things that have been made by all of us. But they say because we can perceive it, we can reclaim it in higher awareness, in a higher consciousness, which actually recreates what we see. Um, it's fascinating to me what they're teaching, which is that really how we perceive anything informs it in structure. And you know, when you stop becoming a victim to your landscape, they did this to me or they're going to do this to me or that bank did this to me or whatever, right. and you start claiming a different relationship with what you see before you, they say you're actually reforming the landscape. You know, it's it's really interesting stuff, but yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the teaching of mastery.
2: You know, one of the things I was struck by, I want to talk with you about this when we come back from break is, you know, throughout the book, uh, I have I've I've heard phrases like, you know, we've taught you this already. uh, And, you know, here we are. We're before you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been in agreement with it. And then what it says, and and I've heard this over and over again throughout the book, we will take you to the next step. And what that means is, all right, you're not going to do it alone. So in life, there are millions of us, maybe billions of us that think that we have to do things alone. When we come back, how does mastery, how does mastery include the help of our guides? Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen
1: relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status? Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an Energetic Upgrade online experience launching in April. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit EnergeticUpgrade.com today for more information. That's EnergeticUpgrade.com. Put a little woo-hoo in your life with Keys. Keys Clear Protein Waters have 22 grams of smile-making, attitude-adjusting protein in every bottle. Did I mention its tongue-tingling taste? Not just another guilty pleasure. With Keys, you'll enjoy every low-sugar sip and freedom from gluten, lactose, and GMOs. Who needs the fountain of youth when you can find Keys on Amazon or at Keys, K-E-E-S, please.com. Put a little woo in your attitude with Keys Protein Water. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day, we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness.
2: Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com.
1: Hey, Owen, I just heard about this book on The Dr. Pat Show, and these reviews on Amazon are amazing. Oh, yeah? What's the book? It's called Conscious Being by T.J. Woodward. Oh, he's the Awakened Living radio host. Yeah, this book looks like just the guide we've been looking for to really connect and make those conscious changes in our everyday relationships and experiences. I love it. Can we get it on our Kindle apps? Of course. To learn more about Conscious Being and author T.J. Woodward, visit ConsciousBeingBook.com. Do you want the freedom to spend more time with your loved ones? Travel the world? Live spontaneously? Get ready because the Chip Justice Show is here. Hosts Dr. Pat Facelli and Chip Justice can help you build meaningful success while embracing life. Living a life you love is the end game in this new inspirational and empowering show. Positive changes for a life you'll love. Tune in every month on transformationtalkradio.com and visit positivechangeinstitute.co for more information.
2: everybody. It's so great to have Paul Selig joining me here today. You know, the book of Mastery, it's the Mastery Trilogy. This is book one and it is a channel text. And I was just saying to to Paul, uh, but before we jump there, let me just make sure everybody has the right way to find out more about Paul. Check it out. Psychic Medium, award-winning author of channel text uh, and, you know, so much more. You know, we do these website things and we put our stuff up there. But, you know, every time we turn around, somebody like me gets on there and tries to explain a body of work that, honestly, I can't even begin to tell you about, you know, who this amazing man is. It just is not going to happen today. But if you go there, you will tap into the energy of who he is, the vibration of who he is, the feeling of what he has said yes to. And you know, like many of us, you know, where people scratch their heads and they say, Oh, gee, why did you select this for a living, Pat? Really? You're paying for airtime now? You're doing no, I don't know that I select for it. So go to paulselig.com, P A U L S isn't Sam, dot G.com. And when you get there, you're going to be able to find a lot about Paul, but also you're going to be able to see information about the book. A fabulous website, just amazing, just cool. Check out some of the videos. Get to meet him up close and personal. You know, stare into those beautiful green eyes, at least that I'm looking at here in the picture, and have some fun with Paul. Have some fun. Because I think, Paul, you're having fun, right?
0: Hopefully. (laughs) Have a good day, yes.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. You know, so before the break, I was talking about something I was really struck by. And I know you channel the book. And I know this is difficult because after a show, somebody will say to me, hey, what did you mean by that? And I'll say, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I said. And so, I, but I do mm-hmm. want to ask you this because it seems to be a reoccurring theme for me. Um, it says, we will take you to the next step. And before mm-hmm. the break, what I said is that I know there are millions of people right now on the planet that think they have to go it alone and think that these guides are perhaps only for Paul Selleck. and i would love for you to talk more about that what do the guides mm-hmm. say are they here for all of us
0: that's my understanding i mean i know that they're dictating through me and they're they've been very specific that they're they're not bringing through the teaching through multiple sources because they want to keep it coherent and consistent, but they say that there's a level of sponsorship that they're engaged in that's Mm -hmm. happening with all the readers. So they're working with the readers. It's really interesting to me, um, to hear the experiences of people that have been working with the text who really do feel the presence and the instruction. There's a a writer that I I like. We become friends named Natalie Sudman, who's a psychic who when she first heard that, you know, the guides were working with the readers she said to me, you know, she sort of rolled her eyes, and then they all showed up in her house you know, she saw them, and she went, "Okay, I'm here." And she's been she's been reading the books ever since, and you know, so you know, yes, they're they're working with us. I mean, they're teachers; they're here to teach. You know, thank God I'm not their only student. I think they have they have much more to do than me.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, um, you know, many of us kind of go through lives and we think we have this awakening and then our lives seem to unravel and come apart. And so, you know, part of this I would love for you to talk about because it is discussed in what's in here. And it's this idea that if we get information, knowledge, you know, wisdom, insight, you know, from something other than our own ego, life is going to be all great. But is that really the truth?
0: You know, it's not been my experience, but, you know, I I mean, I, I think the idea that we become enlightened, and I think, you know, my guides say that even our idea of enlightenment is born in... The ego and what that means, you know, we're sort of prescribing what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So my idea that we sort of reach higher consciousness and then if I, if I go skiing, I'm not going to break my leg if I'm not <laughs> looking where I'm going. Do you know what I mean? Things still happen. But I do think that what ends up happening is that there's a process, at least this is what I'm led to understand, of releasing who we think we are and our attachments to what we've been taught to be that isn't always terribly comfortable as we align to the truth of who we are and the new, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, and that's where I'm at with this right now, but I'm one of those people. It's very funny. I was saying this to somebody recently. When I first started opening up spiritually, it was anything but graceful. It was really like a sock being turned inside out and all the dirty stuff and, you know, all the crud was falling all over the place. I'm mean, what the hell is this?
2: That's the crust. You know, the that crust. was it. Yeah, yeah,
0: it was just that, you know, that was it. So I've never been a very good New Ager, you know. I've never been... That's just not, I'm just not, you know, I used to be a chain smoker when I really quit smoking is when my abilities really kicked in and in a whole other way. And that was maybe 11 years ago or something. But I used to channel and smoke. I wasn't going to have it any other way. The reality is, is that the life that I'm living right now, and I think my guides would say the life that we're all living is the life that we've agreed to. And what we're seeing before us is really conforming to our ideas of what things are supposed to be, which they would say is the, is the structure or the frame that we carry. They say that the purpose of a frame is to fulfill what we think is supposed to be there. You know, and if my frame says life is hard, that's what I'm going to keep getting. I don't think life has to be hard. Oh. I don't think. That, I think we can invest in whatever we want and begin to have that experience of it. But I don't think it's about pretending that things are are one thing when our experience is another. I think it's really sort of realigning to the new experience that can be had. Mm-hmm. And in that realignment, what we call to ourselves, how we create our lives or outpicture our lives as an expression of consciousness, is transformed because we're not operating in the old way that used to get us all the stuff that we said we didn't want.
2: I love this because I was reading a, a little bit about what you're saying in the book under welcoming the new. And uh-huh. I love, there's a couple pages in here that I really just zoomed in on and started to really think about. And, you know, it's a conversation you were having, you know, that this is an account of reality. And, and the conversation was about welcoming the new mm-hmm. and including those manifestations that you begin to operate through you in a higher dimensions you are aligning to. And then it is said, I love this. It is the Christ consciousness, if you wish, as a level of knowing begins to inform your vision and the vista that it holds before her. I love that because Mm -hmm. it is part of now a new way of looking at the new. Uh, And it's a new narrative, really, which some people think is an old narrative, but it's not really, I mean... Mm -hmm. It is a level of receiving that we don't talk enough about. You know, we talk enough maybe Mm -hmm. with words about Christ consciousness, Mm -hmm. about what it means, but not about receiving it. You see what I mean?
0: I think so. I mean, the guides say that—I mean, one of the guides teaching, they call it the kingdom, and they say the kingdom is the awareness of the divine in all manifestation. Mm-hmm. and then it's already here, but you have to align to it in order to see it. And that's the level of consciousness they're teaching. But they say it's not something up in a cloud, it's just, it's, it's how we perceive and the level of perception, which is always equivalent to the consciousness that we hold. So it becomes a question in some ways of who sees the world? Mm-hmm. The small self who has an idea of what things are supposed to be like, or the true self who knows? And the guides say, you know, the small self thinks, the true self knows, and the true self is the one who really can have the experience you're talking about. They say, you know, that your reality to, to, to really, I guess, is malleable to consciousness more than we know. And that collectively, once we start realizing this, we can collectively claim something higher than what we've been doing. And so much of what we've all been claiming together is in agreement to this sort of belief in separation Mm. from one another in our source that the guides say is really just an illusion anyway.
2: Um, You know, I wanted to talk with you also about, you know, your own personal journey in channeling the book. Um, How have you changed, you know, or not? I mean, this had to be Mm. a significant experience, Yet at the same time, was it significant enough to be different from who you were before this happened, right?
0: You know, my friends, I suppose, would say that they Mm. see the changes. My life and my physical life is radically different than it was, there's no question. I left a career that I had in academia for a quarter of a century that was... One that I liked, you know, I just, I chose to move on from it and do this work. Um, and for somebody like me, who I'm a big fan of the known, I like, if I always say, you know, if I find a restaurant that I like, I'll eat there every night for the rest of yes. my life. I don't like change. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I've sort of really stepped off the diving board into this vast unknown um, is still mind-boggling to me. You know, I used to be very heavy, then I lost all the weight. Yeah. And you know, and then I started putting it back on again in the midst of all this change. So I can't say, well, I used to be, you know, really, really heavy because you know, I and I, now I would go, okay, now I get to deal with this one again. But I think you know, I'm living a life now. Well, and this is what I'll say: the areas yeah. of my life that I have really surrendered to the guides or to spirit or to God or whatever you want to call it, are flowing really, really well. But the areas of my life where I'm still trying to figure it all out and decipher it and fix it, those are still getting me what I get, you know, which is me trying to figure it out. And what the guides keep teaching, which I find frustrating, truthfully, some days is they say, you know, your ideas, meaning all of us, our ideas of transformation are are equivalent to redecorating the room that you're already sitting in. And that's not what they're teaching. They're teaching a real core re-identification with who we truly are as the divine self. That's been their teaching from the beginning, now in five books. What I didn't realize that they were doing um, was really speaking about the physical manifestation of it, which is really where they're going with it. They're saying that even the body is as divine as anything else until we realize that we're still going to be operating a sense of separation. The idea of the body being the temple is still sort of confirming that the body is just sort of holding something that's vastly superior. So it's an interesting thing. So yeah, my life's totally different. I mean, head spinningly. So I have to say some days.
2: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, uh, um, I, ha- I have a very close friend who is pretty much just like you said, although I think we influence each other. You know, uh, people outside of us say, oh, that's because she's like a triple Virgo and you're a quadruple Sagittarius, Pat. And so, you know, you can eat, the- you can go to five different restaurants in one night and, and still think that, you know, that's, not- that's a buffet. <laughs> uh-huh. and, I- and I love that we get to have differences in the world, yet the differences in the world... Are seem to be pulling us apart. What do the guides say about what seems to be um, really greater forms of separation in many, many places than we've ever seen before? And yet, others seem to think, no, that's not really what's going on. And, you know, the guides must have something to say about our evolution.
0: About our evolution in the face of the changes that are going yeah. on. Now, I mean, the, the guys say that the species we are, we're, we're all evolving, is what they say. Mm-hmm. You know, and they say that we're really, humanity is facing a time, they call it a time of reckoning. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. say that a reckoning is a facing of oneself and all of one's creations. And they say, and they've been saying this for years, that everything that's been created in fear needs to be recreated in a higher way. You know, and that that's actually happening now, and that we're seeing it. We're seeing these structures that we thought would always be there, sort of being being rocked because they're really not in alignment to truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, they t- they teach it as as a hopeful time, but they also say, and they've said from the beginning, that we have choice. You know, we all have choice, and they say, you know, that our belief in separation, that our our belief in separation, one to the next, has created our need to to build the needs, the the means with which we can all destroy ourselves, Mm. you know, to who's got the bigger bomb. I mean, I say, you know, the idea that, you know, a bomb can keep you safe is insane, if you really think about it. That's Mm. what we've all done. So, you know, we've got some, we've got work ahead of us, but the work that I feel has to happen, that they keep affirming, happens in consciousness first. Because consciousness is where the changes begin, and then they take form and root in the physical realm.
2: Yeah, I, and, you know, I wanted to, you know, too say this. Throughout the book, there are many, 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 at least in my opinion, many, many ideas about fear and mm-hmm. what it means to have fear and what it means to bypass fear. And I cannot remember exactly where in the book, you know, where, where this is discussed. Maybe it's at the mountaintop. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it about the way of life now? And I'm seeing this in multi-generations, Paul. I mean, you know, any of us that were even closely aligned with what happened in the World Trade Center and so forth Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. on, you know, we've seen decades of children cringe at the drop of a book thinking it's a gunshot.
0: Yeah, and, yeah.
2: you know, so here, doesn't this seem paradoxical that we're being asked to revolutionize ourselves to really move forward despite the fear? But yet fear in so many generations seems to be so prevalent right now.
0: Well, the guides have said in all of their teachings the um, that the action of fear -hmm. is to claim more fear. And they say, look at every choice you've ever made because you were afraid and you'll see that what you got was more fear, you know? Mm -hmm. And I found that to be true myself. You look at any choice if I'd look at any choice I've ever made because I was frightened, more than likely I got the same I got more of the same. So one of the big lessons I feel at this time is to not honor it. The guides say, you know, that fear is a lie, essentially. It's always a lie. And they've been teaching the vibration of truth recently as a field that you can lie to. And they say, you know, in truth, a lie cannot be held. It just doesn't exist. So when you start to know who and what you are at this level, you stop going into vibrational accord with the low-level stuff that would seek to control you. So, I mean, I think it's happening now in a funny way. You know, I mean, I was was here in New York during 9-11, and I had actually stopped doing this work for a couple of years. Before then, I got, you know, I just decided I wanted to have a regular life like other people. And my guides had actually mentioned or talked about the event that ended up happening you know, a month or so before it happened. And I didn't believe it, you know, when the information came through. I thought it was impossible, and I didn't expect it. But I've been working ever since. And I think that, you know, living in New York around that time, when we had orange alerts and red alerts and yellow alerts and every day, there was something else to be frightened of. Finally, we all stopped ignoring the, 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 you know, the orange alerts and the red alerts. And we all yeah. started taking the subway again and saying, you know, enough already, enough with being scared. And the red alerts went away. You know, I mean, we, we stopped agreeing to it. And I think what's beginning to happen now is we're starting to not agree to a lot of things that have not been working. You know, for all of us, for quite some time, I think we're waking up to the fact that we have a choice as to how we want to be in response to them. And we can keep buying the old line, which is, you need to be afraid, because if you are going to be afraid, you'll do what you're told, and you know, blah, 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 which is sort of this whole power dynamic that we've invested in, which keeps us from claiming our true divinity, I think, and our, our mastery, as the guides would say. But this is something that's happening now, and I think we can see it around us. It's really, it's it, in some ways, it's very gratifying to see people saying, "No, this doesn't feel right anymore." Right.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that the book also talks about, you know, this doesn't feel right anymore, and taking a stand for a thing. I can't remember things. I can't remember exactly where in the book, but there's a conversation, a dialogue about injustice, mm-hmm. and you know, I I I admit to be one of these people that grew up in the sixties, you know, went, did the Atlantic city, burn your bra thing, mm-hmm. marched on mm-hmm. Washington, all of the above, you know, went to Woodstock, that kind of thing. I, I was that person. And then I was not that person. Yeah. And yet, um, one of the things I'm really struck by is the fact that here we are today and we're starting to see people or hear people rather speak out for things. So for example, <laughs> Actors receiving Oscar awards that are saying, wait a minute, we still have an inequality. You know, mm-hmm. people that are standing up for the greening of the earth. What do the guides say about the degree to which we do stand up and have a voice for things?
0: Well, I mean, the guides talk a lot about service, you know, mm-hmm. and they say how one serves is how one is most fully expressed as the divine self or the true self that they are. They also are real proponents of social action, from what I can see. You know, I mean, really, they say, you know, it is your, you are your brother's keeper, like it or not, you are, you know. And if somebody wants to say, well, they created that reality for themselves, the guides would say, well, they're also giving you the opportunity to help and to be in service and to develop yourself. So, you know, what do they say about those who are speaking up? Mm-hmm. I hear that they're claiming their own power and their and their right to be heard, which is their purview, which is their purview. I hear that people serve in different ways. How one serves how one serves, how they may best be addressed, addressed in, the world, in their world. Mm-hmm. So, you're serving through this work, I'm serving in what I do. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, you know, well, I guess it's a choice, I show up for the work. Um, I really feel that it's something that's just happened more than something that I decided should happen and then did. I don't know if one can decide they're ever going to channel a book. I've never done it. It happens, um, and I'm party to it. But, you know, I think people speaking out and people speaking truth is usually, hugely important. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, well, I, I certainly know that for me these days, you know, I've become uh, more vocal, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in some of the things that I get to look introspectively as, okay. um, you know, thank you for today. Today, <laughs> hour goes by quickly. I wanted okay. to ask you the messages, you know, or message that the guides have for our listeners today. Um, you know, what, what is the message that uh, you'd like to leave us with?
0: Well I'll go to the guides with this, and I should say, you know if I, if I'm if I channel, I whisper the words as they come and repeat them, so people hear things twice, so there's nothing wrong. With your radio, and I'll see if there's anything that I can hear for for the listeners. But let's say, when are saying we would like to say: one thing, one thing only, and one thing only. Know who you are. Know who you are. You know, you were taught to be. You are not what you were taught to be. Your mother said. You are not what your mother said, or your boss said, or your boss said. The truth of what you are. The truth of who and what you are can and will be known to you. Can and will be known to you. Say to it. As you say you're aligned to it, you are aligned to it. This requires your permission, and this requires your permission. Decide that you have the right to be yourself. Decide that you have the right to be yourself at the highest level. To you at the highest level available to becoming and it will be coming this is a promise this is a promise we will work with you as we can we will work with you as we can as we show you who you are as we show you who you are you may show yourself to others you may show yourself to others and the world is known new and the world is known no a new period and they're saying period
2: mm-hmm. so
0: that's from them
2: Wow, thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for today. Oh, you're uh, welcome. Again, Thanks for having me. Again, let folks, let folks know about your website and mm-hmm. uh, where they can get a copy of your book.
0: Sure. It's my website is paulselig, S-E-L-I-G is in George.com, and um, there's information on the books, and I do weekly live streams. You can have, you know, we do an, an hour-long, hour-fifty minutes every week with the guides teaching and taking questions. And also I travel a lot and do workshops all over. So if you're interested in attending a workshop, there's a a very, very full calendar up there. And it's always nice to see people.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, Paul Selick, everybody. I'm Dr. Pat. Thank you for tuning us in, turning us on. You can find out more about us at the Transformation Network.com, Transformation Talk Radio.com, TheDrPatShow.com. And yeah, you can take a sneak peek at the network that is about to. Uh, about to be born here in a couple of months. If you go to transformationradio.fm and please give us a call, tell us your ideas, tell us uh, what you'd like to have more of and we will make it happen. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. We'll see you next time.
1: audio was via a Skype call.